Hey, welcome everybody to the November 2nd. We're in November. Father, Son, and Holy Sport NFL show. I'm G-Man here in Ohio. And that there is T-Money live from the Natty. What's up, T? What's going on, G-Man? Just a crazy week of football. I got the Bengal Stadium staring at right outside my window. Uh, tough loss, uh, in-state rival, but we'll recover, even though Zach Taylor's still one of the worst coaches in the NFL. <laughs> Well, you got a beautiful view there, man. I love that view. Uh, man, love coming out to visit you and can't wait to go to one of the games, man. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, we're now halfway through the NFL season. You believe that? Man, halfway through, Philly, wow. Buffalo, and KC are the Super Bowl favorites right now. Yeah. The season hits the midpoint, and all three of them are double-digit favorites this week. You believe that? So they could continue on their way. Philly's thursday night at houston yeah yeah it's going to be interesting and it's funny thursday night as well houston plays philadelphia and houston plays philadelphia in both nfl and mlb oh so, yeah uh, it'll be a nice double header on thursday yep yep okay yeah buffalo's on the road sunday against the jets uh allen and Diggs going at it again kansas city's at home against the titans got derrick henry ran for 219 last week Woo. Running all over everyone. Uh, I think I was wrong on that one, uh, thinking Derrick Henry was going to have a down year. But I said sell early. Okay, that's that, that was hey, mainly my thing. The G-Men called the player prop on Derrick Henry for y'all. Come on, man. Derrick Henry on G-Men's player prop of the week. Hey, let's go back since we're halfway through the season. Let's go back and look at our picks for the division winners at the beginning of the year, before the year started. Hey, giving you a quick rundown here. Okay. AFC, we both picked the Bills in the East and the Chiefs in the West, and that looks like good picks there. The North, I picked the I picked the Bengals. You picked the Ravens. So you're looking pretty good right there. Uh, but you never know. And in the South, I picked the Titans. You picked the Colts. So I'm looking a little bit better there. Yeah, you got. It looks like you got the Titans. The Titans have really turned things around. So uh, we'll both probably go three and four there. Ah, and then the NFC, we all we had three of them the same. We had the we had the Dallas to win the East. That Not might miss. Happen. That's gonna we miss. Got, we got the West and the 49ers, and we that had the, we had the South of the Bucks. So all, uh, we had those three, and then uh, we've differed on the North. You had the Vikings, I had the Packers. Team money <laughs> called the Vikings. I was on the Vikings from day one as a hot well, team this year. Let's see if they hold it. Let's see Six if they hold it. One. But there's our pick starting the year as we're at halfway point here. Uh, trade deadline was yesterday. What's your big takeaway before we roll into the Ross rundown, man? Wow. I mean, that was an exciting day. I was actually texting a bunch of buddies, and we were saying that this was a quiet trade deadline. It was really boring. And it ended up being the most exciting trade deadline ever, the most trades ever made on trade deadline day. So yeah. it was really exciting. I think the biggest thing is the Ravens really bolstered their defense with the be the, the highest tackler in the NFL. Just a really good trade for Roquan Smith. Don't know what the Bears are doing trading for Chase Claypool. I thought that was a horrible trade. But other than that, uh, they did some good trades getting rid of pieces. And then the Dolphins, that one really hit home for me. Um, you know, they they got Bradley Chubb, and now they've turned that Trey Lance trade where they got three firsts into Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and Bradley Chubb. 
pretty impressive hole for the Miami Dolphins, what they did and everything they've done with those first round picks. And that defense looks great to complement that incredible high flying offense right now. Dolphins could be scary come playoff time. Hey, good call. Good call. I like your little summary there. We'll keep it going with you, man. Good momentum. Hey, shout out before we get to it to the Arizona Cardinals. How about this new hat? G-Man getting the hats coming in from the fans. Shout out to Riley and Howie out there for sending the Cardinals hat here out to us. And hey, you guys keep those hats coming. G-Man will put them on for you, man. T-Money will too. Although he is kind of slightly favored toward the Cincinnati teams where G-Man will kind of ride the ball here. Uh, you can see that. But hey, y'all, do us a favor. Press that like and subscribe. We appreciate your support, man. Hey, let's get into the Ross Rundown. Let's pick this thing up. NFL Week 9. Cover some of the hot topics that might affect, might affect your fantasy team or your betting choices or maybe just your viewing pleasure. Team Monday, let's talk about the league MVP race and a quarterback who has had a great year, Geno Smith. Should Geno be in the mix for the NFL MVP conversation? I think he has to be right now. You know, not only has he completely flipped a franchise who everyone thought was going to be probably the number one or for sure a top three to five pick, but they're winning big games. He is the highest completion percentage in the NFL. And right now I know he is that, that says he's the most accurate, but he also has the least amount of throws that are uncatchable. So less than 10% of his ah. throws. He's the only quarterback in the NFL where less than 10% of his throws are uncatchable. So he's even more accurate, Very accurate. than the stats show, <clears throat> and he's getting a lot of drop balls. So he's completely changed his franchise. He looks like a starter for sure in this NFL. Uh, in the NFL, he's going to get a big payday probably coming his way. Congrats to Geno Smith. But I definitely think he's got to be in there, especially if they end up somehow winning this division, which they're leading right now. And, you know, if they do that and they're a top four seed, I think he's definitely got to be considered. But it's hard right now with these high flying teams, the Eagles, Chiefs and um, Eagles, Chiefs and Bills. Those three quarterbacks are kind of on another level than any, everyone right now. So I think it'll be hard to win it. But in the conversation, 100%, just because his stats are backing up the record and what he's taken from a lowly team to now looks like a legit, you know, playoff team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on fire today, man. I agree with what you said. Good summary. He is in the top 15 and the odds to win the MVP. And, you know, he's first in the NFL in completion percentage, third in efficiency, fourth in QBR, eighth in total yards. 13 and three touchdown interception ratio. So he has the stats. Yeah. He just has to keep on winning. Yep. Right now, the Seahawks have three losses. They do lead the division, but you know, the guys that are ahead of him have zero, one, and two losses. So he needs to keep on winning games, I think, to keep moving up the rankings. Yeah, I agree. I think everyone in the NFL seems to be waiting for the shooter drop. I think we all are. I think I am, right? You know, just like yeah. the Seahawks aren't aren't that great. Geno Smith has been cut from multiple teams was a, you know, then a backup for Russell Wilson for years. Like this, this isn't supposed to be happening. So I think everyone's just like, Oh yeah, they're, they're five and three. That's cute. And then they're going to lose five straight. But if they win 10 games, this guy's got to be in the conversation. And so yeah. I think if that's your question, he definitely should be in the conversation for sure. 
Do I think he ends up winning it? No, but if they win 10 games, he's got to be a top five guy, right? He's got to maybe receive a vote or two. I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, he'll get a chance to prove it and keep it going this weekend. Seattle travels to Arizona Sunday at four. They're a two-point dog. The line started at three and a half. Uh, Gino's playing against Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray has the same odds right now as Gino to win the NFL MVP. They're at the same uh, level. So here's a chance for Gino to go up against a guy that has a great reputation, Kyler Murray, and beat him and show that he deserves to move up the rankings. Yeah, and that's that's that shows you how, what the NFL thinks of Geno right now. He's tied with a quarterback that seems to have an underwhelming year and only three wins instead of five. So um, it'll be interesting. We'll talk about the Cardinals in a little bit, but I want to ask you a question about the Ravens. You know, we mentioned earlier in the show they traded for Roquan Smith, who's leading the league in tackles. They just had a win versus the Bucks on Thursday Night Football. Where do these Ravens rank? In the NFL uh, right now for you, G-Man, uh, you know, is, are they been impressive? I know Lamar's been up and down. Where do they rank for you after this trade and this win this uh, uh, last weekend? Uh, I would rank them not in my top five, but I put them in my top eight. Solid team, solid team, but not in the top five yet. They're getting better. They're making trades. They're building up their defense. Uh, they're a defensive team, run first team. They got the fundamentals. Uh, they're winning games. They have that pedigree. They just yeah. are a playoff, you know, seasoned team. And they're starting to really kind of pick up steam here. They're currently ranked fourth in the AFC behind the bills and the chiefs. And surprisingly the Titans are ahead of them. Uh, but they're the best three loss team right now in the NFL. Okay. Interesting, interesting. So you say they're not in your top five. So I'm going to assume, like everyone else, Eagles, Bills, Chiefs. Now yeah. the next, you know, you got the next round of Vikings and Cowboys and Dolphins and the Niners. I'm going to go that these guys are top five team. I'm going to move them ah, up. I, I think well, this trade, okay. I think this trade changes everything. Now I'm a little nervous about Mark Andrews being banged up and Rashad Bateman being banged up, but they're still finding ways to win. And the defense has really been the reason they haven't been that great. Lamar has been able to get leads on really good teams. I think these guys are in that second tier. Like they could beat, any of the top teams on any given day, but typically will lose. And then those Vikings, those Cowboys, those Dolphins, they're right on that tier. So I'm going to say they're a top four to seven team. I'm not going to, you know, they could be interchangeable. Oh, no, no, you said top five. I'm going to give them top, top five. five. Top five, okay. top four or five in the league. I think that, you know, when you look at just the, the quarterback and now with that defensive move, I think that's a big, big move. They get J.K. Dobbins back healthy at the end of the year. I think they're going to be peaking at just the right time. They and right be. now they're really injured, right? I so like I think, I I think like that's where I see these guys in the NFL. I think they're that second class right behind those top three. Yeah, I love that Roquan Smith trade, as you said, leads the NFL in, track, in tackles. And now you match him up with Patrick Queen. That's going to be tough to run against uh, those two guys. And uh, Roquan Smith even has a couple interceptions, so he can get out there and defend the pass also. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they want to make a run is what that tells me. They're bringing Roquan Smith over. They want to make a run. They want to get up there in the conversation with Buffalo and Kansas City. Yeah. And let me now, give the them – go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, let me give the Ravens credit. This is a lot of things a lot of teams won't do. They know they have a big built due coming for Lamar Jackson, and they're still going all in on a guy that's at on in a contract year who they might not be able to pay this year. And they spend a second rounder because they know this team's good enough to win a Super Bowl, and they have the quarterback on a cheap rookie deal. You got to go all in on these years when you know you have that. And they finally decided to run the ball versus the Bucks and just ran it down their throat. So I think they're headed in the right direction. I'm really yeah. about to get on this Ravens train pretty hard here. G just, I know yeah, I can feel in, you coming. I'm dressed in Bengals gear. I'm looking at Joe Burrow's face on the side of this stadium <laughs> right now. And I can't speak highly enough about the bank, uh, the Ravens. I'm, I'm riding this train here short. Yeah, uh, you better not let them hear you over there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Pay core stadium. They're going to make hey. me move. <laughs> The Ravens play at the Saints Monday night football. They're favored by three. That should be interesting. Only a three-point favorite at the Saints. Saints are coming off an impressive shutout of the Raiders. Shut them out. Yeah, that defense uh, looks good. I think the Ravens go in here. They get another victory and get their third win in a row. Hey, let's go over to the NFC and talk about the Cardinals in that West division over there. The Cardinals are three and five. They're in last place. Is the time to panic? What should they do, T-Money? Oh man, I think it is, especially if they lose this division game, then you're, you know, then you're three and six and you're pretty much out of the playoff picture, right? Right now you're outside looking in going to be tough to make the playoffs. And these guys tail off at the end of every year. So I don't know what tailing off looks for them right now. Um, Three and five, you play the Seahawks. They've already lost to the Seahawks. If they lose again in division, they're definitely not going to win the division. Um, but yeah, I think it might be time to blow this thing up. Right. And unfortunately the trade deadlines passed for them. And so they can't make any moves. They should have traded JJ Watt, in my opinion, you know, that you probably could have got something for Rondale Moore or a receiver like that. I think they got to reset, but you got a cheap ownership group there. And so they're not going to fire Cliff Kingsbury, the GM. I'm not sure if he, uh, how much longer he's going to be under contract with this roster they put together, but Kyler was just getting made fun of by the Vikings this past week. They put it to him, two interceptions. They're all making gaming memes after they're intercepting in all of that. So I I think it's about time to blow this thing up. But with a guy like Kyler's contract, you're not going to have much choice. You're pretty much locked in. And now you're expecting this guy to take this jump and carry your team. And it looks like he's just sputtering along this season. So I'm not, very optimistic about the Cardinals moving forward, especially when that big cap number starts hitting for the Cardinals. There's going to be a lot less depth on that team. I'm not counting them out yet. I'm not ready to blow this up. Uh, their losses have come against teams that are pretty strong. They lost to the Chiefs. They lost to the Eagles. They lost to the Seahawks. They lost to the Vikings. These are teams that we just mentioned are in that top, you know, eight teams in the league. So true. Uh, can they, you know, get a little little streak going here they play the seahawks they got them at home hey kyler get that victory man i like the way their offense is playing since hopkins came back i mean they're putting up points they put up 42 points on the saints and the saints just shut out the raiders so yeah i think they can hang in there offensively i know they make some mistakes uh but they gotta be able to stop somebody too yep yep let's remember 14 of those points were pick sixes from the red rocket andy dalton so it was actually 28 <laughs> points for the offense all right um you know let's just remember that let's not give him two credit hey too how much about credit. this 
How about the Seahawks beat the Cardinals just three weeks ago? Yeah. 19 to nine. Okay. Yeah. You know what the over under is for this game against the Seahawks again, the second game? Let me 50 guess 20 points. Wow. 50 points on the over under. So I think, uh, you know, Vegas is suspecting a, you know, some scoring going on here. Yeah. I mean, ever neither of these defenses are very good. So I wouldn't be surprised the over hits, but. They, you know, and it's hard to play at Seattle. Now the Cardinals are at home. So, and Seattle's defense will probably be a little more leaky, uh, not playing at home. So I think that that sounds about right to me, you know, that 25 a piece, pretty close game, I think. Well, let me ask you this. The Vikings just beat the Cardinals. All right. Yeah. They're six and one now and moving up towards that top tier of teams in the league. Do we got to start considering these guys contenders for the NFL, you know, for the title now? Ah, well, yes, they're contenders. Yes, they are contender for the title. Uh, but we've seen this before from the Vikings. You know that they get to prime time under the lights and they melt like a stick of butter on a stove. <laughs> you know, they're four games up over the Packers in their division. They've only played seven games. Think about that. Crazy. Four games up. On the Packers, I my my gosh, and it's not so much Minnesota's strength because they have done this before. It's the Packers falling off, and now Minnesota's got this division in the palm of their hands. Yeah, they got it locked. Uh, so yeah, they're contenders. Outside of the Eagles, the NFC is relatively weak. I know it's competitive, but you know, outside of the Eagles, I think Minnesota could be the other top team. Well, you know, with a couple of breaks go their way. they got a shot to win as much as anybody else in that conference. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to have uh, be, be hosting a playoff game because they're going to win the division now. They're, at times, they look horrible. But at times, <laughs> they look great. So yeah. I don't really know what to make of this team. I feel like they're kind of more in the same vein as the Eagles than they are the Bills and Chiefs. I think everyone thinks that Bills and Chiefs are top. The Eagles are second, and then there's everyone else. I put these guys in there with the Eagles, right? Like, how much do you trust their quarterback, but the rest of their roster seems to be pretty good, and they're winning at a high level right now. So that's where I kind of see these guys. They make a big trade for TJ Hawkinson this past uh, trade deadline as well. So they add a big-time weapon at tight end. So now they got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, and TJ Hawkinson. And another weapon for Kirk Cousins. So I really like what they're doing on offense. Their defense is playing pretty stout right now. I consider these guys up there, you know, in a top tier. And like you said, in a weak NFC, I'd be nervous about Kirk Cousins under the primetime lights, but the NFC is pretty bad right now. So it's anyone's game. Kirk just has to come through consistently. He has to do it. He has some great plays and some great throws. Uh, but he doesn't do it all the time. And sometimes he lets you down in the biggest moment. He's just got to do it every time and be consistent. He has the potential. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. The Vikings defense, they've limited their last three opponents to 76 rushing yards. So they, their defense is picking it up too. Assuming they get through Sunday successfully, they'll take a seven and one record and a six game winning streak into Buffalo to face the bills. And that's going to be a real test. Yeah, that definitely will be a big-time test, pl playing Josh Allen and the boys. So we'll see how good yeah. he is when he plays the big boys. Yeah, yeah. The Vikings travel to D.C. this week. They take on the Commanders. Feisty 
Commanders Sunday at one o'clock. They're favored by three and a half against the Commanders. I think this one's close. I think the Vikings get the win, though, uh, but they might not cover. You know, Minnesota has struggled on the road. They're two and five against the spread in their last seven road games. So this one's going to be close, but I think the Vikings eke this one out. Hey, yeah. we got a couple teams I want to ask you about who are not at the very top of the NFL standings, but who have potential to make a playoff run team money. Who do you like better this year, the Dolphins or the Cowboys? I'm going Dolphins here. All right. They're, un, they're undefeated with Tua, right? So they're really, really good with Tua. Waddle and Tyreek Hill are so dynamic. I thought they would take a step back and kind of eat into each other. I didn't think Tua could throw it this high of a volume. Um, they just traded for Jeff Wilson Jr. So the backfield is uh, the old Niners backfield come to life with Jeff Wilson Jr. and Mostert. And this defense is just getting better with Bradley Chupp, Howard in the back, uh, you know, and Byron and all those guys. And they, I really like where they're headed. They got Mike Kosicki at tight end. I mean, they're kind of just loaded everywhere. They, they remind me of the 49ers where they have really, really good weapons everywhere. They have really, really stout defense. It's the quarterback. That's the question. Now he's, he's better than Jimmy G, but this team's dynamic. So I'm going to lead into the Dolphins because I think there's a lot more question marks with the Cowboys, whether it be running back or wide receiver depth or, uh, you know, the secondary of the Cowboys, the offensive line. I think there's a lot more questions with the Cowboys right now. And I like the direction the Dolphins are headed. Hey, man, I'm going to disagree with you, T-Money. Not so fast, man. I'm going Dallas is the better team or their defense is better. Points against. Dallas has given up 133 points. This is just one stat. Miami's given up 192. That's one of the highest in the whole AFC. Yeah. Uh, so I like that Dallas defense. Their offense is respectable and balanced with, with the Zach back in there. Uh, Miami's got that unbelievable offense. Yes, they're a, they're a highlight reel. But I like that Dallas defense better. Um, Miami last week, they looked great too. It was 29 of 36 passing last week and tossed Impressive. almost 400 yards and three touchdowns. And, uh, so both of these teams will probably have to go on the road to win the conference championship. If you look at yeah. the conference title of both have to go on the road. Uh, so I don't know which one has a better chance. Dolphins are two and two on the road. Dallas is two and one on the road. Uh, so uh, you would look at the NFC Philly and the Vikings are unbeaten at home. So both yeah. of those guys fighting to get that home field. Dallas will have to go up through them probably to get it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting too. The real question here now, and I don't think anyone saw this coming to start the season. Who would you rather have a quarterback Tua or Dak? That's an interesting question. Now yeah. no one thought Tua would be this dynamic uh, you know, but Mike McDaniels has transformed that offense. I'm starting to lean to him. He's making it a believer of me the way he's just slinging that ball around. But I don't know if that's Tyreek and Waddle, Mike McDaniel scheming stuff, or we were all just that much of doubters. But yeah, if he keeps playing like this. That's a better player than Dak Prescott in my eyes. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. But man, if I'm a, if I was going into the playoffs on the road in the heat of battle, I think I'd want Dak, man, just leading that offense. You. I He's got that leadership skill. Yeah. Uh, so I think I go with him. Dallas is on a bye this week, sitting at six and two. 
But in a battle for the division with Philly and the Giants, after years of just owning their division, now they got these two competitors. Uh, so they lost to the Eagles uh, two weeks ago by nine points, but Dak was not there. Uh, so I think that would have been different. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, I want to go to a team in the Dolphins division now. And the Jets, who have the same record as the Dolphins right now, they're five and three. Are <laughs> the Jets for real or are they frauds, G-Man? Well, they're a good team, but they, uh, you know, they're not you know, going to stick at this level. I, I, you asked me last week, are they better than the Dolphins? I uh, said, said, no. Are they going to beat the Patriots? No. I predicted the Patriots would beat the Jets. They took them down. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I think the Jets are who they are. They're a pretty good team. Uh, yes, they would make the playoffs if they ended today, but I don't know that they can hold this up. Can they, you know, their offense is just uh, really disappointing. Uh, you know, Brees all got hurt. Yeah. Uh, and Zach Wilson threw three picks last week against the Patriots. So he's just not, you know, he's good. Uh, I just don't know if this team can, can get out of their way and make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, let's not kid ourselves here. The jets do have the best corner in the NFL and sauce Gardner. Um, <laughs> so they got that. It's your Cincinnati boy. I agree with you, man. He's he, good. He's, good. he's, he's elite. He's elite. But I do agree with you. The loss of Brees Hall seems to be a huge deal for this team. They have not been the same since he's gone down. They have not looked nearly dynamic enough. I thought the offense was going to head in the right direction. And Michael Carter could still hold up, but the loss of Brees Hall, it, it really looks like it damaged this team. And Zach Wilson can't make the right decisions. He's just making stupid errors. He's not, yeah. he doesn't need to force a lot of these interceptions. If you watch the game, he doesn't need to make the plays that he's trying to make. You know, I've heard a lot of people saying that it's, it's more of an ego thing. He's trying to prove he can make that throw instead of understanding time and place. You don't need that throw. You're winning the game or it's a close game. We, you know, it's, it's second and two. You don't need to force a 25 yarder into double coverage, right? Like he's making bad decisions. And so I'm going to lead towards more frauds with you. I don't think they're real, especially in that division. It's only going to get harder this year. Uh, and the Patriots just manhandled them, which Patriots haven't done to a lot of teams other than the Lions. So are the Jets more along the Lions? Because that's what it seems like right now. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to lead frauds with you. I agree. Hey, that being said, they've won four of their last five. So, you know, if they get that offense going this week, you know, they, that would be great to see that happen. The Jets still have to play the Bills twice. Yeah. And the first one is this Sunday at 1. So, their Bills are favored by 13. The Lions started at 10, and now it lines up to 13. The Bills won by 10 against the Packers and did not cover. I don't know if the Bills cover this one. They could be ticked off that they did yeah. not cover, and they could blow it out. You know, keep their foot on the gas all the way, I think, is what they learned. Yeah. Hey, oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Is that, is that you? Yeah. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah. 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 I got you. Yeah. Is Randy there? Okay. We are too. Hey, it's time for cousin Randy bringing us this week's chugging champ. Hey, what's going on? It's cousin Randy for this week's chugging chant. Dyed my hair this week. Cause it's Halloween. Got the festive shirt on and I'm all dressed up just like another team's all dressed up and not actually real. 
So let's get this chug in and then let's jam. All right. You know who's dressed up for Halloween all year round right now? It's Josh Allen and the Bills because these guys are overrated. They're not real. I'm telling you right now, these guys may put up a lot of points. Their defense might stop a lot of teams. Yeah, but really watch the game. Really look into the analytics. These guys are a roller coaster, and that's the problem with Josh Allen and these boys. In the tightest moments, they don't perform well. Josh Allen's a turnover machine. And they have no run game. They rely solely on Josh Allen's run game. And on top of that, their head coach, Sean McDermott, who's great, he's a defensive guy. So he can't scheme open even easy plays. So, yes, Josh Allen has is great, but he can't mess up ever or have an off day or the defense have an off day because they rely on him so much. These guys are frauds, and this is why, yes, they beat the Chiefs, and that was their Super Bowl this year but the chiefs are going to be ready in the playoffs. And these other AFC team are going to be ready in the playoffs because they don't wear masks all year round. They're not frauds. The bills are overrated this year and they're going to get exposed in the playoffs. They're going to probably be the one seed, but they're not making the super bowl because these guys are frauds. G man T money. What do you think? The bills actually the ugly, ugly pumpkin in the room or what? Oh, Randy, Randy, dressed up for Halloween yeah. with the hair, man. I Dyed like the his hair. And the hair. And, you know, the Bills are frauds. Whoa. In the tightest moments, they do not perform well. And, you know, Josh Allen's running game. Yeah, I agree with all that, man. Josh Allen is what they count on. Can he keep doing it time after time and time again? Uh, the Bill, Bills, the ugly pumpkin in the room, they certainly have not done it when it counts and the championships on the line. Yeah. I'm going to lean towards, I sort of agree with them here. They've really gotten a break with their schedule. And I think that they're also, they, they're going to have a, a nice schedule to finish out the year as well. I'm just going to go through a few of the teams, you know, everyone's like, Oh my gosh, you know, to start the season, they play the Rams. The Rams are horrible and they beat them. They play the Titans. That seems to be before they got their stuff together. Now they're on like a four or five game winning streak. Played Miami. Well, that was without Tua. They played Baltimore. They were losing until basically the last drive. And <laughs> Lamar, you know, threw a pick in the red zone and that completely changed the game. You know, th they should have lost that game. Pittsburgh, they destroyed. Fine. Kansas City, they were not winning that game until 90 seconds left. So I just think that, there's yes, they look great right now, but a lot of these teams that they played green Bay, they didn't look good verse, uh, you know, and green Bay's on the downward trajectory. So they they've played a lot of teams that make you feel like that they're better than they are. Yeah. But that's a good uh, point. It's and good so, point. I mean, coming up New York, Cleveland, Detroit, New England, uh, New York, again, Chicago, New England twice. Like, they're going to crush these teams. <laughs> They're going to crush them all. Their hardest well, games are Miami, the Bengals, and Minnesota coming up. It, it, even if they lose two out of three, they're still going to be the one seed. And so I think they, they are very fraudulent due to their schedule and the teams they've played not really challenging them at an elite level. Yeah, yeah. I uh, love the humor, too. The other, the other AFC teams do not wear masks. I love that, Randy. That's good, man. <laughs> 
Doggone Bills wearing masks. He brought out some intriguing points. He really got me thinking about this. And, you know, yeah. since Josh Allen started, he's taken the Bills to the playoffs three consecutive years. Uh, do you know that they're 3-0 and at home in the playoffs and 0-4 and on the road? They want that home field advantage. Yeah. And they're in position to get it. They got to go get that home field advantage. They should. Undefeated at home with Josh Allen in the playoffs. So that's what they're aiming toward, man. They got to win the yeah. rest of these games to do it. No, for sure. And it looks like luckily they beat the Chiefs already. So that, you know, they should have home field advantage. That was the key. They didn't. But that was their be, key win. Yeah. And so I think that the biggest thing here is can Sean McDermott build an, enough of a, an offensive game plan to when things aren't going well, he can rebound, right? And in the biggest moments when other teams are daring you to run the ball, can you run the ball? Those are the two biggest question marks I have right now. Not having an offensive coach and not having a run game. Because Josh Allen is going to be electric, and he's probably also going to throw a pick. Can you rally in the biggest moments of your season around those two things? And those are big question marks that they still have not really answered this season. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you, man. 2019 playoffs, they lose in overtime to Houston on the road. Josh Allen brings them back in 2020. They beat the Colts at home. They beat the Ravens at home. They go to the conference championship and lose at Kansas City in 2020. And then last year, they get in as the wild card. They beat the Patriots, crushed them 47 to 17. Shocker. And they go on the road and lose that thriller in overtime to Kansas City. Uh, what a run. But like I said, if they can get that home field advantage, this whole thing might change this year. Hey, question for you, man, before we wrap up and move on to big bets. Hey, the Bills are 0-4 on the Super Bowl, but they've not been to the Super Bowl since 1993. Do you know who their quarterback was back in that 1993 time frame? I, I do, and I'm going to kill myself for not remembering his name. <laughs> Jim um, Kelly. Jim Kelly. I knew it. And, oh. and, and you know, Jim Kelly was the quarterback of the Bills. He was famous for getting the Bills to four consecutive Super Bowls and never winning. That last one was 1993, but they were there the three previous years, and they lost them all. They were, that was their last great team in Buffalo. And guess who they lost to in 1993? Who was the quarterback of the team that beat them? In 1993, from Dallas. Oh, Aikman. Troy Aikman beat them. Yeah, in 1993. So, yeah. interesting, man. Hey, great chug and chant there. Let's go on and talk about some bets, man. Let's go to the big bets segment of the show. Shifting gears here. We're going to give you our best pick of the week. That we call our lock of the week. And we're going to give you a dog lock, our best underdog play. Someone who might win the game outright. Hey, G-Man's 8-2. and two. And picks against the spread the last five Ooh. weeks. Hope you cashed in, babies. Let's go to our lock pick of the week, Team Money. Who you got? Oh, I'm going Vikings, minus three and a half. They are not in prime time. So Kirk Cousins is going to play well. And ah. they're playing the Commanders. And the Commanders are four and four. They're, they're all right. I, You know, I don't hate the Commanders. But, you know, Taylor Heineke's you know, or Carson Wentz, who knows who's playing either way. They're probably going to throw two picks. Um, you know, they did just beat the Colts. That's a solid, solid win. They're on a three game winning streak, actually, of 
The Bears, the Packers, and the Colts, all three are horrible teams. So not giving you credit for beating Sam Erlinger, uh, broken Ah. Aaron Rodgers, and Justin Fields in a horrible roster. So, you know, I think this team is uh, playing a little above its skis and the Vikings not in prime time, which is perfect for them who are coming in now with TJ Hawkinson uh, fresh on this roster will roll run shot over these guys. Um, Defense is getting better for the Vikings. I like the Vikings minus three and a half. Okay. Okay. Good pick. Vikings got to keep on winning to keep the momentum going, man. I'm going to go to Gillette stadium, Foxborough, Massachusetts, one o'clock on Sunday. We got the Colts coming in to play the Patriots. I got the Patriots in this one, man. The Patriots, Got back into the win column against the Jets last week. They've not won three of their last four. Do you know that the Patriots are 5-0 and against the spread in their last five games in November? The Patriots are also 5-2 and against the spread in their last seven games against Indy. And I just think Indy, with this offensive coordinator change, they fired their OC. Their offense could struggle here. And yeah. they have not played well on the road. They're 1-3 against the spread on the road. And they've lost eight of their last nine against the Patriots. So I'm going the Patriots here at home to cover the five points for my lock pick of the week. All right. That's a big, big ask of a crappy Patriots offense. But, it, you know, we'll see what they hey, can It could do. be 19 and nothing. Yeah, it might be. It might be. Well, let's go to my dog lock pick of the week here. And that's Seattle plus two. Versus the Cardinals. I'm taking the points. I'm taking Seattle. I'm off the Cardinals train. I think they're not a good team anymore. I'm I'm in on Gino now. Let's go. Oh man. Come on, going. baby. I'm riding it. They already <laughs> lost. They already lost to the Seahawks 19 to 9. Kyler and them guys have not looked dynamic whatsoever. Yes, they put up a lot of points versus Saints. Fine. That was good, but that was a defensive game more than anything. They were forcing Andy Dalton to throw a lot, which is not what the Saints want to do. Uh, I don't trust the Cardinals at all, and I like the direction the Seahawks are headed. And that team seems to be super cohesive and really have all bought in, where I think it's the exact opposite with the Arizona Cardinals. So I think that the Cardinals um, are going to lose this one outright. And two for Seattle, I'll take that as well. Okay, I like that pick. That was my second pick. I, I, I love the pick, man. I'm going to go give the fans another pick, though, in addition to that one. Let's go to Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. We got the Chargers coming in to face the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are 4-4. Four and four. Chargers are 4-3. and three. Close records. The Falcons win in that overtime game against Carolina last week. Keep the momentum going. Marcus Mariota had his best game of the year. Threw for three touchdowns and rushed for 43. So the Falcons love to run the football and average 158 rushing yards per game. The Chargers are giving up almost six yards a carry, which is the worst in the NFL. Yeah. Atlanta could win this game outright. If they do, it would keep them undefeated at home. They're undefeated at home right now. Give me the Falcons plus three at home for my dog lock pick of the week. All right. I like it. I like it. And then let's go to G-Man's player prop of the week. What we got, G? Oh, yeah, yeah. G-Man's on fire, man. Two weeks in a row. We have killed the player prop. Last week, we gave you Derrick Henry and Tyreek Hill. I mean, come on, baby. What the heck? And our DFS team was on fire, too. We had 
not only Henry and Hill, but we had DJ Moore. We told you to put DJ Moore on DFS. The guy was on fire this week. Hey, I'm going to go to that Chargers game in Atlanta. I think the Chargers, Austin Eckler. I like Austin Eckler here against the Falcons. The Falcons do not have a good run defense. I think he's going to rack up some runs. And the Chargers receiving core, a lot of them are out. Uh, they could be coming from behind during the fourth quarter. They're going to throw. He's probably Eckler's probably going to get 10 catches. Coming from behind, they're going to be throwing to him. He'll get the runs in. Look for total rushing and receiving props for Eckler. I also like Gerald Everett, the Chargers tight end. Look for total receptions. They like to throw screens to him. Real quick shots. Total receptions for Gerald Everett. But the big one, Austin Eckler. All right. All right. I like it, G. Okay, man. Thank you, man. Let's go on to fantasy football and let's get at it here. Hey, before we dive into our games, which everybody loves, thanks for it. Keep the messages coming to us, man. We'll keep bringing you the fun and the games, but hey, T-Money, before we go to uh, the details here of our games, here, let's talk about the takeaways from the trade deadline moves from a fantasy perspective. I'm going to throw out four different names to you uh, and maybe who the winners and losers are. Looking at TJ Hawkinson, to the Minnesota Vikings, uh, you know, biggest winners there could be Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins picking up a, an elite tight end there. And biggest losers, maybe uh, Jared Goff uh, losing that uh, big tight end. What do you think? Yeah, I think Hawkinson takes a small step backwards. He was really a focal point of that offense in Detroit. Goff, you know, you weren't really starting him anyways, but he's definitely taken a step backwards. Cousins gets a slight bump. Jefferson will stay the same. Cook will stay the same. Thielen might be hurt by this, uh, you know, because there might be a new secondary uh, target option for him there. So And KJ, I, too. Yeah, you could be right. Yeah. Hey, let's, let's go to Chase Claypool to the Bears. Chase Claypool, you know, biggest winners. Justin Fields picking up another asset there. Biggest losers. Kenny Pickett, you know, loses that target. Uh, what do you think? I would say uh, this is not a big deal at all for anyone in Pittsburgh. And you may be able to get Claypool in a deep, deep league. You know, if you got a 14 team league and two flexes, like, sure, you could grab Claypool and he might have some boomer bust games because he is the one or the one A to Darnell Mooney, probably. I don't like it from an actual football perspective. I doubt there's any fantasy relevance because Chicago's offense is. Not that great, but they've shown signs of life, life as the past few weeks. So maybe there's something there, but I wouldn't go breaking the bank for Chase Claypool. And then just one more. We got Naeem Hines going to the Bills, Zach Moss going to the Colts uh, in kind of trade and a little bit more. Uh, biggest winners. That's probably a win for Hines, of course. And uh, Jonathan Taylor and Deion Jackson uh, probably will beat out Moss. Uh, I think Jackson will probably beat out Moss for that second spot. Uh, what do you think of that one? Yeah, I would grab Deion Jackson if you can, just because Jonathan Taylor's been banged up, so you never know. I don't think it changes much else other than that. Zach Moss hasn't been able to beat out, you know, James Cook or anyone else as well. So uh, I think Deion Jackson's fine as the two there. Naheem okay. Hines, though, I think he could be the starter. I think he's that good. Oh. I don't like Devin Singletary, never really have. And Naeem wow. Hines is a great pass catching back, and he is dynamic and fast as hell. So yeah. 
I think Buffalo is going to use him a lot. I mean, they traded for a guy that's under contract for three more years. So they must really like what they see in Hines. And I think they're going to use him uh, a lot. So I like Hines. If you can go grab him, he could be a week to week flex option. Not yet, but in a few weeks. And we have six teams on by this week, three in the AFC, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Denver, three in the NFC. Giants down to San Francisco. So we won't have players this week for your fantasy teams like CMC, Saquon, Melvin, uh, Pollard, Amari, Debo, Kittle, Judy. None of those guys are available. We're going to try to help you make some smart moves, you fantasy managers. You move down the stretch run here to try to make the playoffs and win more games and get your seating. Uh, keep in mind, we're recording our shows on Tuesday and Wednesday, so a lot can change by Sunday. We have two fantasy games that we're going to kick it off with Hot and Cold, where we give you tips. G-Man, give me the hot tips. Who are the hot players? Borderline start hots. Guys that might be on your bench. That might be good starts and good DFS plays. T-Money, giving you cold starters to stay away from, or they're going to break your heart if you start them, man. Hey, let's go to quarterback to start. And I'm going to start with the hot, and then T-Money will give you the cold. Hey, my hot quarterback this week. I'm going with Justin Fields against the Dolphins' defense. Fields threw for 151 against the Cowboys, tossed a pair of touchdowns, no interceptions. He added 60 yards rushing on eight carries. So uh, it's now six, uh, 60 rushing yards in three straight games and at least one touchdown pass in four straight, four Fields, if you're playing DFS, Fields only going for 5300 bucks. Justin Fields, start him up. My upside quarterback hot pick of the week. All right. All right. Not many people picking Justin Fields. That's interesting. Uh, <laughs> my cold pick of the week <laughs> is Tom Brady. All right. Woo! Right now, he's projected for 15.7 versus the Rams. The Rams are a top five offense or defense, sorry, statistically right now. So defense is playing at a high level, actually, even though I know the team is bad overall. They're the number nine team versus quarterbacks in fantasy. And this Bucks team seems to have a bad O line. Brady doesn't seem to trust him. And he's only averaging 15.3. Uh, so I don't think the Bucks need to go wild right now to beat the Rams. And Brady's not going to be throwing all over the place because the Rams' offense is so bad that I think they can win with 21 points and be fine. So I don't expect them to be throwing Brady around 45 times. Um, but I do think there's going to be a lot of pressure uh, coming up the gut and that's where Aaron Donald is. And that's where they're most vulnerable offensive line wise. So I think that he's going to be wrecked a lot. And so I don't like Brady in this game to get a lot of fantasy points. Good call. Good call. It should be low scoring tight battle. Yeah. Hey, at running back this week, I'm going with Deonta Foreman against the Bengals defense. Foreman rushed for 118 yards and three touchdowns in Sunday versus Atlanta this past Sunday. And although he's not catching passes, they're giving him the ball in the red zone. Uh, so even if Chuba Hubbard is clear to play uh, this week, Foreman's still a play in my mind. If you're playing DFS, he's only going for 6000 I tried to find you uh, players that are in the 5000 range. He's a little bit more expensive at 6000 but still a great value. Deonta Foreman, a start, and my upside running back, hot pick of the week. All right, all right. I like it, I like it. My cold running back of the week, I'm sorry to do it to you, G-Man, is Jonathan Taylor. Oh. All right. Jonathan Taylor projected 14.9 versus the ah. Patriots. Patriots, what are they known for? 
defensively, they take away your number one option. All right. Yeah. So they're going to take away the run. That's what they're tough. good at. They're going to take away Jonathan Taylor because this is the only decent piece uh, that they have other than Alec Pierce, of course, at wide receiver. But they're starting a backup quarterback. The Colts are. All right. And Jonathan Taylor's also coming off an injury. I just think there's too much going on. They're on the road with a young quarterback. The new, new OC. New OC. And the Patriots and Bill Belichick always dominate young quarterbacks. So I think there's going to be a lot of mistakes made. I think they're going to take away Jonathan Taylor. And that this is just going to be a bad game for the Colts overall. So agree with you on that one that we talked about in big bets. And I think Jonathan Taylor doesn't have a huge game because of it. Over under on that game's 39. It's the lowest over under on the, on the slate. Hey, this week at the wide receiver for my hot pick, my wide receiver hot picks have hit the last two weeks. Chris Olave two weeks ago at 18 fantasy points, DJ Moore last week, 28 fantasy points. And I'm picking guys that are not the favorite that week. This week I'm going with Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs from the Packers against the Lions uh, secondary. Dobbs led the Packer team with 23% target share last week, 62 receiving yards and a touchdown against the Bills. Uh, Dobbs and the Packers passing game have the best opportunity for a big day coming up this week against the Lions. Uh, If a Lazard is out again, Dobbs could be the guy to light it up against that weak Detroit secondary if you're, if you're playing dfs dobbs is only going for fifty three hundred dollars on DraftKings. romeo dobbs is a start my upside wide receiver pick of the week all right interesting interesting i don't like anyone <laughs> on the pack all right yeah, mike two out of three that you didn't even know about my okay. cold receiver of the week is gonna be amon ross st brown he's projected Ooh. 15.4 versus green bay so same game different teams here I am not a fan of this guy. He was very hyped coming into the year, had a very good first two weeks. um, And since week two has not been over 14 fantasy points. He's been 13.9. He's been at five. He's been at one and he is getting targets and still not hitting big numbers. He had 10 targets last week, 14 points. The week before he had one target the week before that sick. So even when targets go up, his points don't seem to really jump that much. So Jair Alexander, one of the best, if not the best corner in the league, is going to be on him this ah. week. And the Green Bay Packers, although have not been great, they are the number 18 versus wide receivers in fantasy football. So this is going to be a tough matchup, especially for him. And I don't see Detroit putting up a lot of points. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a big name there that you're – Picking for Cole. So that's a big, important piece of news for all you fantasy managers. Team Money yeah. knows what he's talking about, y'all. <laughs> hey, I'm going to give you my, my breakdown here. My DFS DraftKings lineup starting off at the quarterback with Justin Fields. As I mentioned, we got running backs. I mentioned Austin Eckler being a great uh, prop play. Deonta Foreman along with him at running back. I got Romeo Dobbs at the wide receiver. Brought in DK Metcalf and T Lockett, I think. Uh, Seattle's going to get some points in Arizona. I got Everett at the tight end in that Chargers Atlanta game. Got the Ravens on defense. And I got KJ Osborne uh, thinking he might pick up some points with uh, Thielen uh, in- injured, maybe not playing as the flex. So there's that DFS lineup for you. Take a look at that. Hey, let's go to our next game. 
take or mistake will hopefully help you with your waiver wire or your starts and sits for the coming week. I give a player that's had a big week. T Money tells us whether we should take the bait and, and put him in as a start or would that be a mistake? Starting off at quarterback, Marcus Mariota from Atlanta. Mariota's 253 yards and three touchdowns this past week. T-Money served as new season highs for him. In addition, he recorded 30 of his 43 rushing yards in overtime. Can fantasy managers count on Mariota against a leaky Chargers defense in week nine? T-Money, is Marcus Mariota a take as a fantasy starter during the bye weeks, or would that be a mistake? I think that's a take. I like Mariota as a a backup option. You know, a lot of guys on by this week. I definitely like Mariota here as a start this week. Like you said, leaky defense, they're at home and they've been really good at home. Uh, And I think he can easily get a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown and have a 15 plus point day. And that's really all you want when you have a backup QB in uh, on a bye week, you want 15 plus points, right? He could get you 20 easily, but I think he's a good start option this week. Hey, let's go to running back. I'm going to give you Kenyon Drake from the Ravens. Kenyon Drake carried the ball seven times for 62 yards, added four catches for five yards and a touchdown for a second strong performance in three weeks. With J.K. Dobbins not due back for a few more weeks and Justice Hill not being heavily involved, can fantasy managers count on Drake to lead the backfield again in week nine versus the Saints? T-Money, is Kenyon Drake a take as a fantasy start this week, or would that be a mistake? I think that's a mistake. It seems like Gus Edwards is the main guy in this backfield. Lamar Jackson, I'm worried about any running back, even J.K. Dobbins, when Lamar Jackson's your quarterback. Same with Jalen Hurts, right? These guys steal the rushing touchdowns in the red zone. And then, you know, they also, when it's a backfield by committee right now, like the Ravens are, you don't get a lot of touches to build up the yardage either. So I know he had some catches. That was great. But on top of that, this Saints defense seems to be pretty dang good. So <laughs> I would lean towards not playing him this week. Oh, my gosh. They shut out the Raiders. That's crazy. And yeah. let's go. Let's finish this up, wrapping up the show here. And our take or mistake here with wide receiver Garrett Wilson from the Jets. Wilson caught six of seven targets for 115 yards. Fantasy managers love to see that for once. Garrett's had a tough time. As they play the Patriots in week eight, he looked good. He finished with 115 receiving yards, which is a career high, and caught six passes for the first time since week three. Can fantasy managers count on the Jets and Zach Wilson to continue leaning on Wilson in this game? T-Money, is Garrett Wilson a take as a fantasy starter from this point forward, or would that be a mistake? Oh, man, I don't like it. As moving forward, I, I, I <laughs> that's so, why I put that in there. I want to see what you got, man. I think he's a, a decent, you know, basement flex option. You know, he seems to be one of the top guys that Zach Wilson looks for, has good rapport with him. But you're playing Buffalo this week, who is one of the best defenses in the league. Zach Wilson seems to have forgotten that he's not supposed to throw the ball to the other team. So I don't know how many options you're going to get. Six for 100 plus means you were super efficient and just caught a lot of deep balls. I don't know if that's necessarily going to work versus Buffalo's defense. Um, So I would not start him this week. I think there's definitely upside plays when you're playing other teams, but I think he's a guy that's a 
last chance plug and play right now because I don't trust anyone on that Jets offense. Hey, well, thanks, Team Money. Team Money, you know what you're talking about, man. Nice job on the show. And that's it for today, everybody. We hope you had fun. Hope you got some tips to help you win this weekend. Make sure you look for all of our segments, where you get your content. We're everywhere. Look for us at Father, Son, and Holy Sport. On behalf of Team Money, I'm G-Man. Enjoy the games and see you all next week. All right. Peace.